Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Here we are for women's health. And we're going to focus in on ovaries, uterus. Uh, now, we're going to start off by looking at the chemical stressors that people go through. And when you look at hormones, hormones are chemical messengers. And you've got to look, understand the complexity of this. Each hormone has many different functions, pathways, and regulations. You know, you've got the hypothalamus, pineal gland, thyroid, parathyroid, thymus, liver, stomach, adrenals, pancreas, kidneys. All of these, testes, ovaries, uterus, all of these produce hormones which are chemical messengers. Now, we're going to focus in on the ovaries, and this is mainly estrogen and progesterones. But you're also going to learn a number of different hormones are affecting it, and the rest of the body is affected by this. So what are the ovaries? Okay, the ovaries are next to the fallopian tubes. They produce and store eggs uh, called the ovum. Now, they make hormones and control the menstrual cycles and pregnancies. Now, during ovulation, one of the ovaries releases an egg, and it literally bursts through the wall of that ovarian um, case. And then if fertilization occurs, usually in the fallopian tubes, then this results in a pregnancy. Now, the ovaries continue to release an egg each menstrual cycle until the female reaches menopause. And the hormones produced in the ovaries are estrogen and progesterone. Now, diseases or conditions of the ovaries, ovarian cyst, polycystic ovary syndrome, which just means many ovarian cysts, ovarian cancer, primary ovarian insufficiency, pelvic inflammatory diseases, ovarian tumors, and endometriosis. Now, symptoms of these, you're looking at pelvic pain, bloating, abdominal pressure, tenderness, nausea, diarrhea, uh, irregular vaginal bleeding, vaginal discharge, uh, dysmenorrhea or painful periods, irregular menstrual cycles, uh, even anovulation. Now, when you look, the, the uterus and ovaries are not um, in an isolated environment. Okay, they're, they're responding to environmental stimulus. Now, the uterus, this is connected by the ovaries via the fallopian tubes. And this is uterus, it's also called the womb, uh, and it's reproduction. Now, humans... Uh, it's the same thing in most mammals and in humans. Humans, the lower end of the uterus, is connected to the cervix, and the cervix opens into the vaginal area, and while the upper end of the fundus is connected to the fallopian tubes. Now, the lining of this uterus, every 28 days, it builds up to get ready for implantation, and... If implantation doesn't occur or fertilization doesn't occur or there are certain stressors, then the uterus contracts to expel the menses. Now, the hormone productions of the uterus, prolactin. Now, prolactin is responsible for certain breast development, other bodily processes. It's generally elevated during pregnancy or breastfeeding. Now, during pregnancy, the hormones prolactin, estrogen, progesterone stimulate breast t tissue and develop milk production. Now, prolactin also promotes growth of certain types of breast tissue, such as uh, mammary alveoli, and these are the components where milk production occurs inside of the breast. Now, other um, stimulus can cause prolactin to rise. 
physical stress, such as pain, exercise, eating a, a meal, sexual intercourse, nipple stimulation, unrelated to breastfeeding, injury to your chest. And just think of um, like an automobile accident, okay, with that, that chest belt, epileptic seizures, even certain conditions um, and medications can cause elevations in prolactin levels. And what does high prolactin levels cause? Well, it can cause infertility. It can cause loss in sex. It can cause milky discharge from the nipples, even when you're not pregnant. Changes in menstruation, uh, not related to menopause, but also pain or discomfort during penetrative sex due to vaginal dryness. Now, uterine fibroids, also called leomyomas, are extremely common. You're talking 75% of women experience them at some point in their lives. Now, these can range from a few millimeters to the size of a pea to the size of a grapefruit. And the problem is, every year, more than 200,000 hysterectomies are performed due to severe uterine fibroids. Now, we got to understand the hormonal system. Rather than chemically altering the hormonal system and disrupting the normal physiology, we got to work with the body. Now, when you, we do this, you've got to understand the complexity of each hormone, what effect it has on the body. Uh, the important, it's important to understand what can negatively affect hormone production and regulation. And we must understand the normal fluctuations of hormones throughout a person's life. I mean, when you look at estrogen, estrogen levels begin to rise around age 20, uh, around 30, 35, 35 around that age, roughly estrogen is its, its highest. It begins to decline around age 40, and then it goes down to 50, 60, 70, and then its lowest levels is 80 and above. And this is normal. Now, the complexity of estrogen, estrogen is produced by ovaries, by the adrenal glands, but also by fat cells. So if you have excessive fat, okay, you're looking at excessive estrogens. And what does excess estrogens lead to? Fibroids, endometriosis, low-functioning thyroid, migraines, mood swings, um, higher risk of stroke. Now, xenoestrogens and estrogens, you are in a sea of estrogen. Looking at plastics, um, and we're talking from cookware, plastic bottles, when exposed to heat or acid, hormones in meats, in, in meats uh, foaming agents, um, such as detergent or fabric softeners, cosmetics, nail polish, polish removers, perfume, fragrances, um, bleached feminine hygiene products, dry cleaning chemicals, fumes from the, that new carpet smell, that new car smell, um, fiberboards, uh, gases from copiers and printers, birth control, spermaticides, um, and, and look at it, all pesticides, all herbicides, fungicides, all of these um, are endocrine disruptors, or they, they mimic estrogen. So what you have is literally a recipe for disaster. When you add in physical, chemical, and emotional stress, what do you get? You get adrenal fatigue. You get the thyroid uh, overstimulated. Pancreas is overloaded. Hormonal imbalance. And then if you add in a nutrient-deficient diet, sedentary lifestyle, toxic environment, antibiotics, medications... And then what do they do? Surgery to remove those organs. Uh, yeah. When, and here's Michael Borkin, a journal of medical doctor, journal of alternative medicine. Quote, 
people tend to think of women's um, hormone problems as starting at midlife with the onset of menopause. In fact, a dysfunctional pattern can begin during adolescence or even at birth. Um, severe hormonal problems can increase with age, but age is not the root of declining health. It's most often the community live physiologic effects of stress, and, and this disrupts the natural rhythms, balancing mechanisms of women hormones, thereby eventually compromising overall health, as well as sexual and reproductive health, end of quote. I mean, brilliant. So why are women hormones more susceptible to stress? Well, one, female hormonal imbalances are related to the stress response. Like chronic, chronic stress imbalances cortisol. Cortisol imbalance deregulates female hormones such as estrogens. Now, both estrogen and progesterones are necessary in the female cycle, and their balance is key for optimal health. The menstrual cycle further depletes the body of nutrients, which are required for normal function. So what are the steps to restore normal hormonal health? Number one, support the endocrine system and allow it to repair. Uh, support the immune system function. Make proper dietary and nutritional changes. There's, uh, support proper digestive functions to eliminate any malabsorption. Look at proper exercise. And proper exercise means not too much, not too little. Too much exercise can have the same effect as too little. And then reduce emotional stress. You got to know, man, physical, chemical, and emotional stress. We're all living on a three-legged stool. So when we talk about balancing hormones, realize that you're living in a sea of toxins. Normal hormonal levels change. They change from, from young women to midlife to old, and those are normal. The problem is modern human beings are exposed to a huge amount of, of um, xenoestrogens or, or endocrine disruptors, things that are like hormones but not hormones. So number one, you've got to get your nervous system checked because if your perception of the environment is, is anxiety, stress, or stress, bam, you get that fight or flight, cortisol kicks up and that dysregulates the hormones. Regular exercise. This means a, a moderate exercise every day. So just go for a half hour walk. Um, if you can't go walking, do diaphragmatic breathing. Um, try and get every joint moving every day. Not only does this help brain function and balance out hormones, it's essential for life. You know, it just remember what mom said, only brush the teeth you want to keep. Hey, only move the joints you want to keep. And then proper nutrition. This means if man makes it, don't eat it. Avoid high pesticide foods. If you can't get organic in the stores, get frozen organic. Uh, and then um, look at and, and high fat diets will help reducing carbohydrates, eliminating processed sugars, processed foods, that's going to be essential. So when, we, when I say proper nutrition, you're eating the same way your great-grandparents would eat. And they eat nothing but organic and healthy. Then sufficient rest and prayer and meditation. It's so key that you get deep sleep every night. This means resetting your circadian rhythms. This means looking at our sleep restriction videos because if you cannot sleep, 
your body goes into physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Your body can't regenerate cortisol is secreted, and that completely disrupts the normal hormonal pattern. And remember, hormones are chemical communicators. If you want to torture someone, interrupt their sleep patterns. And then prayer and meditation. Why do we put prayer and meditation into the five keys of health? Because if you have a relationship with your creator, if you have that, that little bit of humility every day, if, you're, if you're, you have that connection Okay, and realize that you're made in the image and likeness of God, that this world is designed for you. You're going to have more of a connection with your body, with yourself, and with your environment. And every study out there shows that prayer helps healing. Every study. So, and if you, if you don't have a relationship with God, beautiful, meditate. Every study out there shows meditation helps heal the tissue. Personally, I like prayer. But this is Dr. John Bergman, your, your health advocate. God bless you. I love you. And you are designed to live on this planet, my friends.